Well, we're talking about developing spiritual strength, and we have been talking about how to be strong in the Lord. And I'm telling you, here's the thing. You are in the Lord, right? You're in Him. So you already, there's strength available to you in the Lord, but the Word of God is saying, be strong, right? You have to allow that. You have to learn how to walk and yield to that so that you could be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord. So open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go back through Ephesians chapter 6. Now, we have slowed down and we've really broke this down. Tonight, think of Ephesians chapter 6 through, you know, about verse 16 or so. Just, just think of it this way as the, the it's kind of like uh, the launch pad, or it's kind of like the airstrip. We're, we're going to just kind of, I'm going to read this, make a few comments on it. Uh, if you want to know more about this passage of scripture, then go back and listen to these messages again, and, and we really go into it. But Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, after all that he said, he said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of or that Greek word literally means, or in the strength of his might. That word might literally means ability. So he's saying, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his ability. The strength and ability of God is only found in the Lord. The strength and ability of God does not originate because of you or me. It originates because of who he is. So it's not dependent upon how you feel at all. Do you know that you can walk in the strength and the ability of God without feeling anything? Right? You can literally see God miraculously heal a body, but when you lay hands on him, you could literally feel nothing. Amen. It's really kind of amazing. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do I do that? Put on the whole armor of God. We've learned that allow the whole armor of God to be endued upon you as you continually draw from his power. And we know we learn this, the armor of God literally is revelation knowledge of his word. God is saying my armor is when you walk in a revelation knowledge of my word. As you meditate in the word, as you put it first place in your life, it will it literally becomes armor on you. And when you wear the armor of God, guess who you look like? God. Right? Do you look like that in the natural? No. But man, I'm telling you, all those demons, all the, all the things said against you, the enemy himself, guess who, what they see? God. Right? Because guess why? Because when you speak in the name of Jesus, guess who shows up? God. Amen? And he performs it. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand 
against the wiles of the devil, that you may be able to stand. That word means survey the battlefield. In other words, that you may be able to be elevated so that you see things from a different perspective so that you can survey the battlefield of your life so that you'll always know where the enemy's coming, right? Put on the whole armor of God so that you can see, have a proper perspective that you may stand against, not running from, stand, that word against means stand face to face, right? Stand against the wiles of the devil, the wiles. The Greek word literally means to travel down one road, one way. It's an assault against your mind. It's how he comes against every one of us. In other words, as you allow the word of God, revelation knowledge of his word to manifest upon you and you're clothed in it now, you'll literally be elevated so that you can see the enemy coming so that he can never sneak up on you, that you'll always be face to face against him when he's throwing thoughts against your mind, trying to penetrate your mind and play mind games with you. That is the battlefield right? When, whenever you're believing God for anything, listen, the sickness or disease or the injury that's coming against your physical body is not the battle. The battle is to take the thoughts captive so that you hang on to the word of God in your heart and keep it coming out of your mouth so that the healing power of God can change your body. The battle is not a lack of money, the battle is the thoughts telling you you're going under and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and God's not going to help you. But what happens when you're in the armor of God, now you'll be able to stand face to face with those thoughts and take every one of them captive. No, it is written, he blesses the work of my hands. He makes me the head and not the tail. He anoints my head and therefore my cup runs over. No, I don't have not enough. I, my cup runs over. Amen. The blessing of Abraham is upon my life. And it is bringing me into a position of a full and overflowing supply. Right? No, no fear. I, I don't have fear. I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. He hasn't given me this kind of spirit. My spirit is one of power, love, and it brings soundness to my mind. Amen. Right? So this is what it's talking about here, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are never your enemy. The enemy is always your enemy, not people. It's who's behind the people, behind the circumstances. You don't fight the people, you fight the enemy with the word of God. In other words, you invite God in the situation, right? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Talking about the satanic hierarchy, which has been stripped of all authority. So don't, don't look at these, oh, powers. No, they have no authority over you. They've been stripped. Yeah, but the devil's just all over me. Well, then slap him in the face with the word of God and get him out of your life. 
Don't go, oh God, please get, get him out of my life. No, no, he, God would look at you and go, I did. So now you use my name, right? Verse 13, wherefore, take unto you, take unto you the whole armor of God, why, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. The evil day is the day you're living in, right? Right now it's Wednesday. Tomorrow it'll be Thursday, right? Take on the whole armor of God. In other words, do you think it's important that the word of God is first place in your life? You must meditate in this word day and night. You must give this word first place. When you listen to the word of God, you have to hear it. You come to it with a willingness to do, not, well, let me think about this. No, no, no. If God said it and he's your Lord, just do it. Do you know he is life? He could never possibly tell you anything that could hurt you. As a matter of fact, it's impossible for him to decrease because he's righteous. Nothing in him decreases, right? That's why it's so funny in the financial realm. This is why the financial realm is so important. It goes against everything in the natural to think, for me to increase, I've got to sow. Unless you're a farmer, then you understand this. Well, of course you have to sow in order to get a harvest, right? But Satan will work overtime. Look at what you don't have. No, 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 no. The Bible will tell you, look at what you do have, right? So it says here, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and then, having done all to stand. In other words, you have to prepare to stand. What do you do? Right? You have to allow the armor of God to manifest upon you. How do you do that? You have to put the word of God first place in your life. You have to give it your undivided attention. Right? You have to keep it ever before your eyes. Joshua 1.5 says, you have to never let it depart from your heart or from your mouth. You have to keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because it's life to those that find it, and it's health or medicine to all of their flesh. So that's how you do that. So it says, having done all to stand, verse 14, stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, and now it's going to talk about the armor having your loins girt about with truth. We said this last week, if you don't surround, like it's like the belt of truth. If you don't surround your thought life with truth, you will become entangled with wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong speaking, right? Which will open the door for the enemy. So we have to take upon ourselves the belt of truth so that we guard our thought life with the word of God. You can't guard your thought life with, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm just going to, I'm going to really try today. No, forget that, right? No, no, you let the word do that. It will guard you. It'll help you. It'll surround your thought life, right? You have to know that you know that you know that you have been made the very righteousness of Almighty God. You have to know that. That's who I am. That's who I've been made. Yeah, but what about your behavior? Forget that. What about Jesus' behavior? Right? Because when I realize that I'm righteous, guess what? My behavior will change. 
right? But this is all based on what he did, not what I'm doing. And if I base my life on what he did, guess what? It'll straighten out what I'm doing. It's not the other way around, right? Having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The preparation, the firm foundation, having your feet shod with the firm foundation of the gospel of peace. Right? Peace. This represents the peace that we have with God. See, the peace of God, literally the word actually means, it literally means, it's, a, it's literally a soul that realizes my God is happy with me. I'm at peace with him, right? And what that does is it brings stability and it brings agility into your life so that you are never moved. Preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all or in front of all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench, extinguish, right? Stamp out all the fiery darts of the enemy. Those are thoughts, those darts are thoughts. He, your mind is the battlefield. I love that. All the fiery darts of the wicked. We said this last week. When, our, when we believe God's word in our heart and confess God's word out of our mouth, we will stop every thought that the enemy brings against our minds. Right? That's the shield of faith. And take the helmet of salvation. What is that? That represents your mind that is being renovated and renewed with the word of God. Right? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we said this last week. It's not the word of God, the written word of God. No, no. This Greek word is the rhema word of God, the sword of the Spirit is not when you look at the Bible. Let me read the Bible. I hope none of you read the Bible like this. Don't ever read the Bible like that. You need to hear yourself. So you read the Bible like this. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. You need to hear yourself read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? All things are possible to me because I believe his word. So the sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God. Take unto yourself these things and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I want to take a moment and I want to look at this again. The gospel of peace. A big peace of you walking in strength is where you, you have to you have to learn how to walk in the peace of God. So go to John chapter 14 in verse 27. Talking about this piece of the armor. So remember now, this verse right here is, is a verse that will shod your feet with a foundation of the peace of God. Because remember, the armor is revelation knowledge of his word. 
You get revelation knowledge of John 14, 27, and it's going to bring the peace of God into your life. Let's look at what Jesus said about this. He said, peace I leave with you. He said this right before he went to the cross. Peace, it's the Greek word Irene, E-I-R-E-N-E. It means rest. Peace I leave with you, it means rest. Contentment. The peace of God, which is a fruit of your spirit, will bring you to a place of rest and a place of contentment. Have you ever had turmoil in your mind? It'll, it'll, it'll literally quiet it. It means quietness, safety, security, and it also means prosperity. It's going to be really hard for you to walk in the prosperity of God if you're toiling and you have mental turmoil. You want to really increase your finances? You will increase them in rest, contentment. Well, how could I be content? I've got creditors calling me. You are content where you are because the peace of God will keep you, but it's on the way to where you're going. If you have poverty and lack, if you have any lack in your life right now, it has no legal right. You've been redeemed from it. Yeah, but pastor, I messed up my own finances. Okay, then this is what you do. You take all those bills and you go, hey, Father, um, you've got mail. Because guess who you belong to, right? So this is very important that you see this. So this word peace in the Greek language gives you a picture of a tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation because of the harmonious relationship that he or she has with God. Do you realize tonight See, the peace of God is the fact that you have a harmonious relationship with God. And it, it, when you realize, wait a minute, God's not mad at me. How many believers do you think are sitting wherever they are tonight and they really think God's just not happy with them? They're, he's mad at them, right? But no, that's not true. What could he possibly be mad at you about? He condemned all of your sin in the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Condemned once and for all, never to be brought up again. So now you have this harmonious relationship with God. You're like, I'm at peace with God. The God of the universe, I'm at peace with him. And it causes a tranquil state in my mind, my will, and my emotions. And it will usher into my life what? Contentment, rest, prosperity, all of these things. Wow. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. But this is the way God gives. He says, not as the world gives. How does the world give things? It's all conditional. The whole world system is conditional, right? Everything's conditional. Do you know, you, the, the world will treat you really good as long as you meet the conditions. But if you don't meet the conditions, you're, you know it's not going to go so well, right? 
But God doesn't give his peace that way. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. He gives you unconditionally. So in other words, Jesus left you his peace. You have it right now. It's a fruit of your spirit. It is part of who you are. Isn't that amazing? And God will never take it from you. If you never, and you know you could live your whole life thinking God's mad at you while all the time having the peace of God in your spirit. And that peace of God is ready to come out and grab hold of you and keep you content and still and quiet through any storm on the outside, but it won't do you any good unless you believe it and unless you yield to it, right? He says, let not your heart be troubled. This word troubled is interesting. This word troubled means let your heart, in other words, let me say it in pure English here, don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, who's in control? You are. Well, no, no, no. The circumstances of my life are what's causing my heart to be troubled. No, it's not. You are choosing it. Because if you don't choose it, it can't. Well, you got to understand that to be free. So, Pastor, did you just say that that if I don't walk in this, in this, it's my fault? Well, yes. Right? Now, don't, don't get mad at me because it starts with me too. Right? Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled and agitated in your mind with fear. It li- that word literally means be troubled and agitated in your mind with fear. You know, most of the time where it says fear, it's the Greek word delia. It literally means something that will turn you into a coward. And it, it, it usually, that word is usually spoken almost in every case about something that hasn't happened yet. So you'll get in a situation and Satan will not just see, he doesn't just want you to be disappointed. He wants to get you into despair. You could get disappointed, right? It's like, Man, I didn't, I didn't hit my workout goals last month. I'm disappointed. Okay, it's the first of the month. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's try it again. Right? I have hope. There's hope that I could change this. But he wants to move you into despair, which means my life is a mess, and when I look to my future, it's never going to change. That's what he wants to do to turn you into a coward. And God is saying, listen, I've given you my peace, so therefore, don't allow your mind to be agitated and troubled with fear. Don't let that happen. Don't let your mind, here's another part of that word, to be affected by doubt. Don't let your mind be affected by grief or anxiety. Don't let your mind be perplexed or terrified. You are in control. Why? Because you're born of God and you've already overcome the world. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. These are realities. This is the truth of your situation. You could be in any situation in your life and you could sit here right now tonight and go, okay, 
I am going to make a decision. I'm not letting my mind be troubled anymore. That's it, Pastor. I'm going to go home right now. I don't really like hanging out with my brothers and sisters. I just want, I'm just going to go home. I'm free. Sorry. You get all this together. God didn't make you to get this all by yourself. Unless you're on an island or somewhere by yourself, then guess what? Well, no, yeah, really, there's nowhere you can go to ever be alone. Because he'll never leave you. And if there's no brothers and sisters, guess who's there? Jesus is there. God the Father's there. The Holy Spirit's there. But for us, what do you do? How do you, in your life right now, let your heart not be troubled? I'm not going to ever let fear, anxiety, terror, all this stuff, I'm not going to let it affect my mind anymore. Surround yourself with brothers and sisters that will surround you and will be there to encourage you. Not tell you what to do, not beat you up with the Bible, but encourage you, right? Hey, this is going to be okay. You have authority in this. God's going to move big time in this situation. Whatever it is, I must refuse to let my thoughts, my feelings, and my emotions to be troubled. I refuse to let them be troubled. I'm not going to let them be troubled anymore. If I go down that road, something on the inside of me is going to grab me and stop me. And I say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Father, I curse all those words. I don't believe them. Right? You've given me your peace. It's on the inside of me right now. And I just stir it up right now. I thank you for peace. Right? Peace is a supernatural fruit of the Spirit given to us for the purpose of giving us victory over every storm and circumstance that we'll ever face in our life. That's what peace does. It gives you, it hands you the victory. Because, see, you can't move. We got to be led by the Spirit of God. I love being led by the Spirit of God. I love being led by the Spirit of God. You know, I didn't plan on getting up here screaming and yelling like I did. And you know, I wasn't screaming and yelling in my emotions. That was coming right out of my spirit. Man, I'm telling you, you are so much bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. So much stronger on the inside. But you have to, to be led by the Spirit. It's a sensitivity that you maintain. I'm not moved by anything accept him because it's in him that I live and move and have my being and I'm not letting the end I'm not enemy I'm not letting you do anything you are done in my life amen John 16 what are we talking about how to be strong in the Lord how to really not be strong in yourself to be strong in him John 16, verse 33. This is in, Jesus said this in the same discourse right before he went to the cross. He said, these things I have spoken unto you. What things? John 14, 27. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Darn it, might. Right? To walk in it, it's, it's your decision. It's in you. Are you going to walk in it? Right? Do you know you've been made to walk in it? 
These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. That word tribulation means you're going to have pressure. You're going to have mental anguish come against you. You're going to have persecution, burdens, and trouble in the world. Praise God, Pastor. I'm so glad I came tonight. But then he said this, but be of good cheer. Do you know what the word but means? When you when you somebody says but, what that did is it just negated everything. Amen. So the tribulation, the trouble, the persecution, the anguish, with the minute he said but, that's done. It's a non-issue. But be of good cheer. This word be of be of good cheer, it means take courage and be bold. Yeah. Why? I have overcome. That word overcome means I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. I am victorious over the world. And because he conquered the world, you walk in the victory of it. Don't worry about what's coming on the outside because what's on the inside will get you through anything that comes on the outside. Get you through in peace, in contentment. I'm telling you, there is a place in God where no matter what you're facing, I mean, I think it's crazy that Paul wrote Philippians, the epistle of joy in the Mamertine prison, the worst prison on the planet, and he called it light affliction. He had to be drawn from something that was way beyond him, right? So now jump over to Matthew 11. I'm not, I'm not done with peace yet. Matthew chapter 11. You know, I was talking to the men, I think, the other day on peace. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said this, Come unto me, all ye that labor, all of you guys that are toiling, that's mental anguish, and are heavy laden, that means that are overburdened. And Jesus says, and I will give you rest. This this word rest means, and I will give you a quiet ceasing that refreshes. It doesn't come from the outside, it comes from the inside. Oh church, God has put so much in you. You have the ability, man, whenever you're toiling, whenever you get overburdened, all you have to do is go, wait a minute, I'm out. I'm not doing this. And and you you start speaking the word of God. Father, I thank you that Jesus gave me a peace that passes all understanding. And it mounts guard over my heart and my mind. Right? The effect of the righteousness that you've made me is a quiet assurance forever. And now I have rest in you. A quiet ceasing. See, a ceasing of what? your minds toil in anguish. You realize, wait a minute, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not just going to barely get by. I'm, I'm going I'm to be an overcomer because I'm in him, and he already overcame. This sickness is not going to go full circle. It's got to leave. These, the poverty and lack, this, this circumstance I'm right in now, I'm coming out. Right? That's the reality of the truth of the word of God. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke or take my doctrine upon you. 
and learn of me, for I am meek, or that word means humble, and I'm lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. His doctrine, this word, it's easy. That, the word easy means it's gentle and it's easy to use. That's what that word, that's what it means. It's gentle. It doesn't yell at you. It just meets you and says, hey, you're a world overcomer. None of this looks like it out here yet, but I'm telling you, I've already overcome all this. Just trust me. Take my hand. I'm walking you out. Amen? This is, this is the reality of life. So now go to uh, Isaiah 26. We got to read this one. Isaiah 26. What are we talking about? Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You want your feet on a firm foundation of the peace of God. Isaiah 26.3. It says, thou wilt keep. I love this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. This word keep means you will guard, you'll protect, you'll preserve. You're going to watch over and hide me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. The Bible defines peace. Walking in all of this, the Bible defines it as just keeping your mind on God. Keeping your mind on God is keeping your mind on his word. Be careful what you hear. Be careful who you hear. Be careful how you hear. Amen? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Verse 4, trust ye in the Lord Jehovah. Or I'm sorry, trust ye in the Lord forever. For in Jehovah is everlasting strength. This word strength also could be translated for in Jehovah is an everlasting refuge. Do you realize your refuge is strength? You have been made to be strong with the strength and ability of God. That's how you're made. So the enemy's done. Can't you sense this? I mean, we're seeing this. Do you realize you're seeing this tonight? Hallelujah. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. This is the cherry. 2 Peter 1, 2. This is the cherry on this strength Sunday, right? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. As you gain revelation knowledge of God, grace and peace is multiplied to you. As you gain revelation knowledge of his word and yield to that in your life, you are clothed in the armor of God. It causes you to be able to stand face to face with everything you face. And now I'm submitted to God and I'm resisting the devil and he's fleeing from me as in terror. That's 
your place. No more turmoil. No more toil. Right? Say this with me. I refuse to be anxious, to worry, to toil about anything. I refuse to fear anything. If God be for me, who could be against me? If God be for me, no one can be against me. Nothing can come against me. Amen. Hallelujah. So now Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Look at this one. Colossians 3.15, again, and let, in other words, you have to decide, I have to decide, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. This word rule literally means to act as an umpire and to govern. In other words, you and I are to let the peace of God, this supernatural fruit of the Spirit, which has been given to me to take me over and make me immovable in life, that is to govern my heart. Guess what that word heart is talking about? Your mind. The peace of God that's coming out of your spirit, because it's a fruit of your spirit, is to be the umpire, to umpire and govern what you let into your mind. The peace of God does that. Wow. To the which also you are called in one body, and be, this says, and be thankful. It says, and in, in the literal Greek it would read like this, and become thankful. Do you want to live a life of thanksgiving? You have to let the peace of God be your umpire and govern your heart. If a person's not thankful, guess what? It doesn't mean they're a bad Christian. They're just not letting the peace of God umpire in their heart. And they're taking thoughts that they shouldn't take. So now they're believing, they're speaking things that they shouldn't be believing and speaking. The Weiss translation says this, and let the peace of God act as an umpire in your heart. It acts as an umpire. No, you can't come in. Okay, yeah, I'll let you in word. No, no, thoughts of the enemy, no, you can't come in. That's, that's what it means. So you ready? Ephesians, you let the whole armor of God manifest upon you, right? We went all the way down through verse 17, right? Let me read it again. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You ready for Ephesians 6, 18? Ephesians 6, verse 18. Why do we let the armor manifest upon us? Now we're ready to pray. In other words, it prepares us to pray effectively. And that's the key. What does prayer do? Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue where you're talking to God and he's, and you, and he's talking to you. But you want to pray effectively. Did you notice when we prayed for Loretta, we're not, okay, oh God, she's such a good person. She just deserves this. Can you please come heal her? No, that's not an effective prayer. 
Because God already came and healed her. So we prayed effectively over our sister. Father, I thank you she's healed. I thank you that you mount guard over her heart and mind, that you bring your peace and your comfort, all this stuff. You pray effectively. It says here, praying always with all prayer. The Amplified Classic Version says all manner of prayer. It brings out the Greek. So we're to pray always. Well, that means we better have our armor on. Otherwise, we're not praying effectively. Do you see that? In other words, if you're not submitted to the word of God and you're allowing the word of God, and and here's the other thing, if you're kind of saying, well, you know, I really like that sword thing, but I really don't like that belt of truth thing. No, 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 that doesn't work. You You won't be able to pray effectively. Right? Does that make sense? We don't want holes in our armor. The only way you could have a hole in your armor is if you don't let some of it manifest upon you. So it says here, praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Greek language, it would say stirred by the Spirit. In other words, who stirs you to pray? The Holy Spirit. Do you know there's nine different prayers outlined in the New Testament? All have different rules. Which one is the most important? The one that the Holy Spirit is stirring you to pray. But man, don't, don't go out and say, okay, I'm going to pray the prayer. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm just praying that you would heal my body if it be your will. Oh, time out. Right? You just prayed. You just attempted to pray the prayer of faith with the rules of the prayer of consecration. The prayer of consecration is what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if there's any way that we could redeem man without me becoming sin, let's do it. But nevertheless, not my will, your will. That's the prayer of consecration. The prayer of faith is what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. There's no if it be your will. You have to know the will of God to even pray the prayer of faith. Right? So don't be too quick to pray. Just pray always. So to pray always, keep your armor on. Amen? Now, this might sound really hard. And you know, in your own ability, yeah, good luck with that. But guess what? You never have to do anything alone. Because you have the greater one, the helper on the inside of you that will help you exactly. He will tell you exactly what you are to do to walk in this. It's really amazing. All of us could walk in this. You could sit here and have not studied anything and leave here tonight and the Holy Spirit will meet you right where you are and if you'll yield to him, he'll start getting everything over to you that you need to walk this out everything right so let's look at this praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the spirit or stirred or directed by the holy spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance in other words while you're praying be on the alert and supplication for all saints hmm while i'm praying i am to be on the alert 
And I'm to supplicate. The prayer of supplication is a prayer that you pray for other believers to help them lay hold of the plan of God for their life. So you have to, to, to pray effectively, you always have to be thinking of your brothers and sisters. You have to be on the alert. What does my sister Leanne need? Right? What does my sister Lisa need? Well, but pastor, I got I to gotta think about myself. No, 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 forget about all that. Let God take care of you. To pray effectively, see, when you realize I'm a world overcomer, I'm already free. God's got me. I'm going to be on the alert for my brothers and sisters. What that means is, Father, you lay something on my heart, I'm going to start praying. And I'm not going to go and go, <clears throat> You know, Brandon, today, I mean, I'm so spiritual that I just really, I was really just supplicating for you, brother. No, that's not what a real prayer does. A real prayer just prays. They're not trying to be somebody. They already know in Christ they are somebody. They're not trying to be impressive. They're not wanting, I mean, they're, they're not trying to impress people, right? No, no, no. L listen. When you walk with God, he is so impressive. The whole, the whole, just everything about your life is to show the world who he is. And don't worry, he's going to take good care of you. He's, I mean, think about that. God, you're going to stand before him. He's going to honor you. Wow. So don't honor yourself. Don't exalt yourself. Let him do that. Amen? Hallelujah. Wow. Well, let me read one more scripture. Gosh, I have you guys. Man. One more scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. What? It means don't be anxious. It means don't worry. It's an anxious thought, which is worry. Don't worry. In other words, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So the word of God is literally telling us, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And when you pray with prayer and supplication, but wait, make sure it's with thanksgiving. Why? Why thanksgiving? Because if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if you know he hears you, whatever you ask, you know you already have the petition you've asked of him. In other words, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Right? So that's why with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Satan's attacks are designed to keep you out of rest, to fill you with the cares of this world so that he can fill you with stress. That's what he wants to do. And God's word is saying, don't be anxious about anything, pray about everything. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen? Verse 7, and the peace of God, 
which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? So number one, don't worry. Number two, make an end of your prayer. Don't keep asking for the same thing. Make an end to it. What do you mean? Father, I believe I receive right now, right? What do you do from then on? Thank God for the answer. What do you do after that? Don't ever worry about it again. If you find yourself, see, what will happen is all of a sudden your emotions will get fired up because of a circumstance going on or whatever, and the enemy will go, oh, you're worrying. Oh, just stop that and go, oh, time out. No, 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 no. I refuse to worry. I'm not worried about that. Father, I thank you. I've, I've let my petitions be made known to you. I believed I've received. I, are, I know I'll have it. I know it's going to show up in my life in this physical realm because I've already believed I've received it. Why? Because you said you gave it to me. That's the end. What are we talking about tonight, guys? How to build spiritual strength. How to be strong in the Lord. It all it all funnels right down to they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. That's Daniel 11.32. They that know their God, that know God so intimately where things are being birthed or they're being conceived in, in us and birthed out of us. I know God intimately. And I will be strong. That means I will be courageous enough in the face of everything in the natural to seize hold of what God says he's given me and never let go of it. And I will do exploits. That means I will do things beyond my ability. What does that mean? I'll do things according to his ability. Because it's Christ. What's the mystery? It's Christ in me, which is the hope of glory. Amen?